0: You are listening to Legion of Substitute Podcasters, episode 321. If we put the word serial in the title of the episode, will that get us more listeners? Welcome to episode 321 of Legion of Substitute Podcasters. That's right, folks. I opened with a search engine optimization joke.
1: (laughs) Uh, I've I've solved cereal. It's all a viral marketing campaign for Best Buy.
0: (laughs) I think you're right. We don't have any phones outside our stores. (laughs) <laughs> so that's all
1: they ever talk about is Best Buy. Best the buy, Best, Best Buy parking.
0: Buy. Yeah, it gets everyone thinking. I, I think I'm gonna go to Best Buy.
1: <laughs> I almost went to Best Buy the other day, and I haven't
0: gone to Best Buy in months. See, it's working. Ooh. It's working. So yeah, uh, you know. But but I should be careful doing anything with technology because. Tonight, technology's been a bit of an issue, so I don't know if the time bubble is going to keep us in the right location or put us in a different time, a different earth. Who knows? <laughs> oh, now you've jinxed it. Now you've jinxed it. <laughs> And welcome to the All Star Squadron podcast, also known as Asscast. I'm Paul French, and uh, today I'm going to take the rank of of corporal. I think I think a corporal. I think that's where I want to be. Um, yeah, it's been uh, it's been one of those days. It's been one of those days. So uh, so I think yeah, a corporal. I I don't know where that falls in the ranking of things, really. So <laughs> so it just it just sounds kind of neat to me. So yeah, I think I'm going to go with that.
1: Sure, why not? Exactly. And I will take the rank of major because I'm doing. I'm going to be doing some major studying <gasps> over the next week because oh. the uh, league that we play trivia through. Oh yes. For uh, the, believe it, it's not, the day this comes live. But the next Monday, a, a location in honor of Festivus is having all Seinfeld trivia. <sighs>
0: Oh, you will be so prepared. <laughs> that is, that's what I'm hoping. So, by studying, you're gonna watch a bunch of Seinfeld reruns. Re- pretty,
1: pretty much yep. every time I see it on the on the uh, on the guide on the DVR, I'm like, oh, I I have
0: to I have to study. That's it. Yes, that's it's, the ticket. Yeah, exactly. I'm bettering myself. <laughs>
1: yes, yes. So we can win. A gift card or something like that. There you go,
0: <laughs> and bragging rights.
1: Yes, exactly. Because exactly. you
0: know, I think that people don't put enough stock in the in the bragging rights part of it, and to me, that's that's at least <laughs> at least eighty percent of it.
1: Yes, yes, especially Seinfeld. I mean, if mm-hmm. there is
0: a ca- if there was a
1: topic that was made for me to just dominate,
0: it's that. <laughs> Absolutely. All right. So we are going to, since um, we, as we record this, it's actually December seventh, and uh, and of course that is the anniversary of a day that will forever live in infamy. Indeed, indeed. So uh, in observance of that, since in the three hundred twenty one episodes of AskCast. We've um, apparently not figured out that the, t- the title is totally inappropriate, <laughs> um, but we have uh, done a lot of issues of, um, of the All-Star Squadron, and uh, but we have not uh, looked at the, at the first issue, and indeed the 16-page preview uh, that appeared in uh, Justice League 193, I believe.
1: Let me double-check.
0: The so one with the tornado tyrant. Yes, uh, 193. Yeah. 193, 193.
1: August of 1981.
0: And I remember buying this off the uh, newsstand, not because because I wasn't actually I don't think I was collecting um, um, Justice League at the time. I uh, picked it up because it had Earth two Earth two characters on it. On you know right there in the uh, in in that little side thing, it was like oh, that's the Justice Society. So I got to read this, and uh, and so I so I I picked that up. It being part two of a storyline, I would never do that now. Um, and uh, and so it it was actually only tonight when, as I uh, picked up the issues on uh, on Comicsology, that I thought, "Ooh, I'll get the issue before, so I can finally find out what was going on in that uh, Red Tornado story." Mm. And then, of course, I found out that yes, it's a Red Tornado story. So you know. Um, but you can also find this in uh, the All Star Squadron Showcase, which is a fantastic volume that has the first eighteen issues of All Star Squadron, yes. and this sixteen-page preview. And I really wish they'd do a volume two, because so do I. I would, uh, I would have that on my shelf, and uh, and because I got, I've got a lot of the issues of it, but you know. It's that one point and
1: that uh the 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 issues that would be in that second volume are most of the ones that I am missing oh is that right yeah cause I have a lot of them going forward like uh, uh I, around probably around the like the 40s and going into the crisis stuff Uh-huh. i have a lot of those because when i was picking up a lot of crisis tie-ins a few years ago i picked those up and it seems like around here the <laughs> later issues are extremely prevalent in the dollar bins yeah and <laughs> some of the really early ones are but pretty much everything between about issue 20 and 40 is you you, you can't find it
0: yeah i i, I it, it, this is another series that I, that i'll always pick up uh whenever i'm looking through Corbin's, whatever i see of it i don't worry about my list of titles um i just i just get them because you know it's like they're, they're dirt cheap and they're they're great reading and uh and at some point, I'll be able to pull together a set and probably have 80, 80 copies of <laughs> of that one with I, Iron uh, with Our Man in Chains on the on the cover. Yeah, and I, I can't remember which issue that is. Anyway, um, he's like hanging there, and there's some Nazi villain or something. <laughs> you know, you know that that issue. Yeah, that <laughs> the, one. The issue of uh, of of All Star Squadron where there's uh, a Nazi villain on the cover. And, uh, of course you can listen to episode 222 where we actually did that issue. Um, <laughs> and, and so, um, so yeah, this kind of looks at the, at the building of the, of the All-Star Squadron, which was separate from the Justice Society. You know, it was related to the Justice Society, but actually dealt with a lot of different characters and, uh, and this kind of gets into, into how that all started and, uh, and and of course, um as with with all things Earth two uh at DC in the in the eighties, um, it was Roy Thomas. Hmm. It, you know, he was the he was the guy keeping that stuff alive. And um uh you, you know, no, no one no one else was really was was really touching it. Paul Levitz had, had a bit of a run on um on uh, All Star Comics before, oh. uh, as did uh, Jerry Conway, I believe. Those are some. If you can track those trades down,
1: if you haven't read them yet, those are awesome. As well as mm-hmm. the, as well as the Huntress trade.
0: Oh, the that, Dark Knight Daughter. Yes. Yeah,
1: Dark Knight Daughter. Those are all just great reads. I mean, if I didn't know they had been written in the seventies, mm-hmm. I would have thought that they were from. Not necessarily current because obviously the style is different, but yeah. they're they're timeless.
0: Absolutely, and the, and I mean that was the whole thing about it was, um, you know they 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 the 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 thing about it is and and what made it so refreshing to read was the fact that hey we were we were dealing with Earth Two we were dealing with, um something that wasn't wasn't necessarily a part of the mainstream universe and uh so so there was a there were if you read superman you you know you always knew uh superman's gonna be fine you know there's there's gonna be no problem he's the guy with the the name on the on the title and um and so there was a a big status quo kind of thing to it now you also knew that with this because of course we knew that superman was alive in the 80s and um um, so we knew he was gonna be fine, but it really dealt with a lot of different characters, and it was kind of like, Well, I think they were okay. I think they made it out of this, didn't they and um and I think that was a big part of uh hmm. you know uh, like he, w- the whole idea of this was um and, and let's let's take it right from the beginning here is that um d c wanted a comic that told the- ta- told the stories of the justice society. And the last series that actually did that was All Star Comics, and yeah. uh, and so they had those seventeen issues that happened in the in the seventies, and um, and you know I mean it got caught up in you know it ended in seventy nine as did a lot of series, <laughs> <laughs> uh. you know not necessarily part of the implosion but you know, certainly around it, and that was a, that was a time of a big a belt-tightening in, in, in terms of titles. And so, um, Roy Thomas, being a huge fan of the Justice Society, was given a chance to write a return of the JSA. But he decided that rather than write stories of the modern era of the Justice Society, he wanted to tell the stories of them during World War II. And so it, it was going to be on Earth, Two and um and he basically wanted to deal with these characters in their prime. And uh, he would later go on to write them in, in in the present day, but that was after a couple of years and um and so what he did was um was wanted to have a huge cast of characters uh, that included all of the d c characters as well as all the characters from quality comics that d c had purchased. <laughs> And that included, like, the Freedom Fighters and, like, most of the cast of, uh, of the All-Star Squadron, quite frankly. <laughs> um, and so he wanted to to uh, focus on promising characters that had been ignored or underplayed for years. So instead of the uh, the Earth-2 characters that had counterparts on Earth-1... You know, he said, if we lost the original uh, GL, we gained the Earth Two Robot Man. If we dropped Jay Garrick, we picked up on Johnny Quick. Liberty Bell could stand in for Wonder Woman till more superpowered ladies okay. came along, and he said that they also tossed in an Earth Two version of the venerable Plastic Man, whose series in Adventure was just folding, and that was the oh uh, yeah right, because that would have been right around right that that's around Star Wars
1: Prince Gavin. Yeah, that's
0: right, and. Uh, so the idea of of All Star Squadron was basically a huge retcon, and uh, because it was rewriting that already established history of of uh, DC superheroes that had been published during the '40s, and uh, really, act you know the neat part of it is is the first known use of the term retcon was used in the letter column for All Star Squadron number twenty in April. Oh, really? Of, yeah, of April nineteen eighty three. And so I he did not know that. Yeah. So uh he talked about how several storylines um really ironed out the the continuity errors um and created a few. <laughs> well. And uh, but again, as if they cared about <coughs> continuity in the 40s. Well, absolutely. Um well, no, but I mean I mean that All-Star Squadron actually created a few in oh, ironing out yes, some of these. Yes, yeah. Yes. Um And to be fair, some of that was just the fact that stuff got forced on him uh, by Crisis. Um, And so it also fleshed out some characters' origins and rewrote some of those earlier stories to explain inconsistencies in character development. And, uh, and, And so that idea that, well, you know, this writer wrote the character like this and this one wrote the character like that, and he would find a way to make all of it work. And there's something to be said for that in in terms of, of that editorial process of of coming up with, you know, hey, this happened, and it doesn't jibe with the other stories that we've got, but I got a way to make it work. Mm. And um, that just doesn't happen anymore. It's just like, yeah, screw it. That thing never happened. <clears throat> um, and uh, and so they actually, you know, the headquarters that they had were the Trilon and the Perisphere. Uh, which were uh, actual structures that were created for the 1939 New York World's Fair, and that was where their headquarters was.
2: Hmm.
0: Um, And so the Perisphere contained their meeting hall while the Trilom was retrofitted as an aircraft hangar and vertical launch platform, you know, like they had back then. Um, uh, And they had a a robotic butler named Gernsback who was based on the electro-robots from the fair and was named after science fiction publisher Hugo Gernsback.
2: Hmm.
0: Now, just to uh, sort of uh, take it a, st- a step further, um, after uh, Crisis on Inf- Infinite Earths, uh, of course, the older Golden Age versions of the mainstream heroes were largely eliminated from continuity. And so the All Star Squadron was left only with the characters that were unique to that time period. So Superman, Batman and Robin, Wonder Woman, Aquaman, Green Arrow, Plastic Man, and several other heroes were no longer extant at that point in history and thus never Squadron members. Oh, Aquaman. Poor Aquaman. Will he ever win? <laughs> um, in part to clear the slate after uh, the events of of uh, the crisis and to relaunch the franchise, All-Star Squadron was cancelled with issue number 67. See episode uh, 125 of this show uh, for all the details on that. Um, and was replaced with a successor series, The Young All-Stars. And, of course, the, the uh, principal characters in Young All-Stars were... Um, considered spiritual and contextual analogs for the missing characters. You had Iron Monroe for Superman. And that was m- one of my favorites because that kind of, t- that well, kind of, it did tie into the story uh, Gladiator by Philip Wiley, which was an inspiration for Siegel and Schuster when they created Superman. So that was kind of a neat way to, uh, like like he put a lot of thought into the details of how he replaced these characters. I came into Iron Monroe
1: through the damage series and right. i didn't know he had been an existing dc character until i picked these up for the first
0: time yeah like, yeah
1: like what he yeah. like i was kind of taken aback
0: yeah they they did it, 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 he did he did uh, you know considering how much crisis screwed roy thomas over essentially he did a really good job of finding ways around a lot of and uh, yeah, we would see Iron Monroe, of course, in Damage, and I think later in Manhunter, if i if I remember correctly. I believe you're correct. Yeah, yeah, pretty sure he somehow turned up in the um, in the soupy DNA mix that uh, that, um, that that Kate hailed uh, from. So um, then there was Fury for Wonder Woman. Oh, the Wonder oh, Woman yeah. kind of. He he! God, he had to do a lot of dancing to explain uh, a lot of the Infinity Inc. characters. That
1: that was a that was a great issue of Infinity Inc. where they retconned Fury's backstory.
0: Yeah, and uh, it it was especially the way they they kind of made it um, a part of uh, like like it was weird because they of course had that thing where Brainwave Junior comes in and he uh, and he adjust her memories essentially mm-hmm. um, into sort of that new the new continuity, and then of course the world changed around them. And so the Wonder Woman that was her mother, or like the the woman who raised her, was uh, the Miss America character. And uh, however, her birth mother was Fury, who fought with the All Star Squadron. So, yep. um, so she kind of got Wonder Woman kind of got split into two characters. Um Flying Fox replaced Batman. Oh yeah, Flying Fox. Yeah, he was cool. And Dan the Dynamite replaced Robin. And Neptune Perkins was the replacement for Aquaman. <laughs> yeah. Good old Neptune Perkins. Um and then of course they created uh evil analogues for the missing characters at the same time. Um uh Ubermensch, uh their Grosshor and Yule. Fledermaus, Mouse uh, and seawolf and uh, and that and young all-stars ran for 31 issues um, and so also in a nod to um, <laughs> like kind of like this the original JSA adventures in all-star comics Roy Thomas tried to include at least a cameo appearance by the Golden Age Hawkman in every issue since Hawkman was the one hero to appear in every Golden Age issue of All-Star, including the two pre-JSA issues. Unfortunately, the artwork for issue 49 was printed without Hawkman's cameo included, so it became the only issue to break the streak. Was
1: was he on the cover of that issue?
0: I don't know. Let me,
1: let me do some investigation. Yes,
0: yes, you investigate this. Um... Um, uh, the string of appearance, however, actually had already been broken uh, into the mid-70s uh, re- revival of All-Star Comics. So technically, you know, he was he was playing a game that had already been lost. Mm. Um, but it's kind of a neat touch. So when, uh, when Jerry Conway r- revived the uh, Justice Society in that series in 1976, um, he initially intended to have the younger members of the group, including Power Girl and the Star Spangled Kid, spun off into their own uh, team that was going to be called the All-Star Squadron. They actually called it, I think, the Super Squad. Yes. Wow. And it, because it turns out the reason they, they changed it to the Super Squad is because management at DC were worried about how people would abbreviate the name All-Star Squadron. <laughs> I don't know what the problem with that is. Um, yeah. Who, yeah. Who would ever do that? I, I can't imagine. So, um... Uh, so essentially, and, and, and this is where, uh, where it's appropriate that we're doing the, the, these issues today, because on the day of the bombing of Pearl Harbor, in, in this fictional history, on the day of the bombing of Pearl Harbor, President Franklin Roosevelt gathered the available superheroes, including members of the Justice Society of America, the Freedom Fighters, the Seven Soldiers of Victory, as well as some solo heroes at the White House and asked them to band together for the war as the all-star squadron to battle sabotage or sabotage, if you're William Shatner, and keep the peace on the home front during World War II. Uh, The rationale for not using the squadron in combat situations in the European or Pacific theaters of war was that Adolf Hitler had possession of the Spear of Destiny, which was a mystical object that gave him control of any superheroes with magic-based powers or a vulnerability to magic, including Superman, Green Lantern, Dr. Fate, and others, who crossed into territory held by the Axis powers. Um, and so at the time, many of those Justice Society members had been ca- captured by the time-traveling villain Per-Degaton, or oh, Per-Degaton, yeah. depending on how you pronounce Megaton. Um, with the help of, the J- of uh, JSA foes that he had pulled back in time, uh, but the available heroes were asked first to guard against a potential attack on the American West Coast. Degaton himself used some stolen Japanese planes with hypnotized troopers to launch such an attack on San Francisco, hoping to change history by making the USA uh, fight to a stalemate against Japan, enabling him to take over the world. So, of course, the squad, the first mission, they had, to, uh, they had to stop the attack and rescue the captured heroes and um, basically fix it all. So... Uh, so that's what we're going to we're going to start with. So uh, we'll uh, let's get let's get into that after all that uh, all that mm-hmm. all that pre- build up. Pre- all that preamble. Exactly. <laughs> all that preamble in a show that you've already been listening to for ages where we've covered a lot of this stuff.
1: Yeah, geez. It,
0: it's, it's like I'm I, I'm speaking in Roy Thomas dialogue, which <laughs> includes a lot of exposition. Remember that time when you met that one guy? <laughs> yes, I was there with you. <laughs> um, so we start off at uh, at, at, at 10 p.m. Uh, Eastern time. Um, and so this is late in the year 1941. How many blocks away? Eight blocks south. Well, it's it's 1600 <laughs> Pennsylvania Avenue. Oh, yes yes, yes. yes. So several blocks away from where I am. Um, <laughs> And so everyone's in shadows, but we know who it is. We know that, uh, the, the, you know, he's, he's talking about, he's talking to Harry, and, it's, and you know, the one guy's sitting, the one guy's not. So this is clearly meant to be Roosevelt and Truman. Um, and so he said, are, are you certain, sir, perhaps? And he says, no, old friend, we've already waited as long as we dare. Perhaps too long, but why in heaven's name don't they answer? And they flash to the Justice Society headquarters where their version of the uh of the hotline of the um, the red phone that Batman mm. had uh is is buzzing but there's nobody at the table. Oh no. This can't be good. Um and so uh we we cut to Southern California where there's a whole bunch of people gathered in a coliseum, the LA coliseum, thrilling to an astonishing sight. And so we have uh um, uh, ace newsman Johnny Chambers hmm.
2: Hmm. never heard of him
0: yeah I bet if he knew some math he could run really fast hmm. um, and so uh, his assistant Tubby uh, has the high speed camera and they said this is one race that's liable to be over before it begins because he's a 40's news guy and that's the way they hmm. would talk and, um, and so we see uh, uh, in a foot race it is Wonder Woman Alan Scott, Green Lantern, and Jay Garrick, the Flash, um, racing each other, and uh, and so it looks like Wonder Woman is off to an early lead with the Flash coming out a bit slow from the starting gate, mm. and Green Lantern running a predictably poor third.
1: Oh, he doesn't have any super speed, so of course.
0: Yeah, and yeah, and uh, and Johnny Chambers says, "I know someone who'd give them all a run for their money." Oh, hmm, really, Johnny Chambers? And so the winner ends up being Wonder Woman. And she says, I really feel strange about this, boys, even though we're only racing for charity. Hmm. After all, everybody knows that the Flash is the fastest man alive. You didn't hang back and let me win, did you? And he says, you can ask that even when you're not winded? And uh, so they, they're talking about the about the race, and, uh, and it turns out Wildcat comes with the prize. He's standing in for Ted Grant, the heavyweight champ, who came down with a head cold at the last minute. Hmm. So it's his pleasure to present this bronze trophy to Wonder Woman from A Grateful March of Dimes. Again, something tied into uh, into Roosevelt. Um, and he says, you know, I'm kind of glad Ted Grant caught a cold. I've been waiting to meet you three. And uh, remember, this is early days. Um, and so she says that she's new to man's world, which is what they call it on uh, at her home on Paradise Island. Mm. And she's not sure what to do now. Um, but... Uh, a rope ladder jumps down out of nowhere. But we, of course, know that it's the invisible jet. Well, not the invisible jet. Her invisible airplane, because it has a propeller. So, yes. so definitely not a jet. <laughs> um, so they arrange to meet uh, elsewhere uh, in Echo Park and um, and have a little uh, picnic lunch, as it were. And uh, so they're talking about bits and pieces, and she's talking about why she uh, came to... Uh, why she left Paradise to, to, to come to uh, the U.S. in such troubled times. And she says, well, it's because of a man. His name's Stephen Trevor, captain in your Army's Air Force. Mm. Well, so they're sitting having their lunch, and she's like, oh, I hope you guys aren't changing your minds about uh, spending the evening with me. And they say, ah, we already got our own lady friends, princess. <laughs> but then... Solomon Grundy shows up and oh, he's, no. he says, Solomon Grundy hate All-Star Squadron and they <laughs> say, wait, we don't use that name yet um, so, uh, so they're shocked and, uh, and he, sa- he talks and he says you're never friends with Green Lantern and, and, uh, and Jake Eric says, you know that Palooka, GL? because it's the 40s oh yeah <laughs> Palooka and he says, I never saw it or anything like it before in my life and uh, Grundy says, uh, you could not forget Grundy. And they say, but well, we've never heard of you. Um, and uh, he pulls up a palm tree and, uh, and throws it at Green Lantern, who, of course, has a weakness to wood. Um, his, his power ring cannot affect wood. And so it's also not having much of an effect on Grundy. Uh, Wonder Woman ties him with the uh, with the lasso, but it does the rope does not compel her to do anything. And uh, then he punches. Oh, oh! This is after, of course. Green Lantern said said to Wonder Woman back, Princess, this is no place for a girl. Ugh. yeah. And uh, so when when Lantern has no effect, she says, "Now it's a mere girl's turn." Lantern. Well, then Grundy punches her, and um, and. Alan Scott is having none of this. He says, "You hit her. You hit a woman. Why, are you inhuman!" And uh, so he goes to punch Grundy, but it doesn't work. Hmm. And then the Flash comes in. And he says, "And he says the cavalry's on the way." And Grundy and uh, Grundy says, "Cavalry? I only see little man in funny hat." And he throws lantern at him and takes them both out and uh, and then he get he says he he gets to kill Green Lantern and he says no monster you and then there's a thought that comes into his head no monster you will bring them all to me for now or pay the penalty and uh, and so we uh, head back to the um, the other place and clearly you know you can tell now um, the profile is clearly that of of Roosevelt and then they actually show Truman and um, and because, you know, from to me, I always picture Truman uh, looking like Gary Sinise because he played him <laughs> in the TV movie. <laughs> oh, yeah. And um, um, they, they, they did have that. There was a good, like, that was good casting. Um, but but at any rate, and, and even pictures I've seen of Truman, you know. I mean, it's this is clearly a likeness. Um, oh, and you know what? I didn't, uh, well, I guess we'll get into the credits at the end because I think they don't have them until then. Um So, he talks about the new group of heroes, the so-called Laws Legionnaires, uh, which basically is the Seven Soldiers of Victory. Mm -hmm. Um, So, we had... uh, Legions of Law. Yes. And um, Legionnaires, you know, they should do a Legion podcast. Um, Never (laughs) last. Certainly not 300 odd episodes. Um, So, this includes the Crimson Avenger, Vigilante, the cowboy kind, Uh. uh, Green Arrow and Speedy, Shining Knight star-spangled kid, and stripesy. Um, he says, I know they don't possess the sheer muscle of the Justice Society boys, but perhaps if we could reach them. And, and uh, Roosevelt's having none of it. He says, we can't, Harry. No, the JSA is our best, maybe our only hope. If only someone would answer. Anyone. And we flash to uh, New York, 10.30 p.m. Regular television broadcasting is only a few months old in these United States. And uh, she says, and so then the, the, but many people already have their own favorite TV reporter. And high on most lists is the world famed Libby Lawrence, who says, Good evening. This is your Saturday Night Late News. A national railroad strike is set to begin tomorrow, a strike which will begin the nation's entire defense effort to a screeching halt. Meanwhile, in Washington today, and we cut to um, the penthouse of uh, of one Wesley Dodds. Who other people might not might recognize from Sandman Mystery Theater because he is the Sandman. Yeah. And um he is in there with um a couple of other fellows. One would be uh would be, of course, uh Johnny Johnny Thunder. And the other is some guy named Ted Knight. Do you know anything about him, Matt?
1: No, I never well, heard of him. Yeah,
0: okay. I wasn't sure what his story was. Um so uh they they, they talk about uh You know the news is all bad news, and uh, they're they're saying, "Ah, can't see much, but snow tonight anyway," and um, uh, and of course the ever dim uh, Johnny Thunder says, "Snow? I thought the weather report said." I don't think that's what Ted meant, Johnny. So they talk about zipping over to JSahQ to see if any urgent calls are coming through. Hmm. He seems to be seems to be on to something. And, um, and so, uh, so Ted says, it'd be easier for me to fly over. sounds like he's a superhero of some sort. Um, and then they see a flying, uh, pirate ship,
2: Hmm.
0: you know, like you do. And, uh, and so they decide, oh, we better get out there. And, and before they can uh, say anything, you know, uh, Wesley's already in his Sandman costume and, um um this ted Knight guy says that he's a hero called starman Star man? starman starman mm. mm, interesting Never they should uh, they, they i wonder if there could ever be like a book maybe about his son or something i don't know <laughs> um and so uh johnny thunder says say you guys can get to that ship a lot faster because a lot of the trick was always in finding a way for johnny to just randomly say say you because that was of course the magic word that brought his thunderbolt to bear. Oh yeah, and and, uh, and you know, for people who don't know this, you know, I mean, it it always seemed as if it was as if it was kind of a slick move where he worked his magic words into uh, into a sentence. But but certainly in the original um, in the forties issues uh, that 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 included uh, Johnny Thunder, it, it was always by accident. It was just a thing that he said, and all of a sudden the thunderbolt would be there, and he'd be kind of surprised. Um, so off they go up to this uh, this pirate ship, which actually it turns out is a giant dirigible. <laughs> um, of
1: course, because it's the forties.
0: Yeah, exactly. Which is of course an Australian uh, wind instrument. No, wait. <laughs> um, and so uh, the Thunderbolt gets them in there uh, inside the uh, the the uh, the cockpit of this thing, and. Um, and I guess uh, John, I guess they're fighting Wily e. Coyote because Johnny gets hit with a a big girder, um, and uh, so so out he goes. And of course, the, the where he goes, so goes the uh, the Thunderbolt. So it is only the Sandman and Starman. Wouldn't that be interesting if if years later there was like a crossover between Starman? Uh, a Starman and the sandman i think that would be cool
1: yeah especially if, if it happened both in the past and in the
0: present wouldn't that be neat it um
1: never happened
0: nah it's crazy talk and so uh sandman says don't tell me let me guess mickey mouse and the air pirates and he says too bad i was kind of hoping they were nazis because because uh, what they basically want to do is get some nazis and knock them clear to adolf land and so um, they take out the these attackers uh, between Sandman's Fist and Starman's gravity rod, and oh, wow. oh my yes. And, um, and so they take these guys out, and they talk about. Uh, they say their eyes are all glazed. It's as if they were. What did that Czech writer call them? Robots. Hmm. He's referring to an, an old uh, science fiction uh, story. Uh, um, uh, Carol Kapik was the uh, was the author and uh and he was the one who coined the term robots hmm. or robots um anyway so someone says ah yes it's observant you observant ye are me fine land me fine lovers they are indeed my loyal but mindless robot men are and uh so they look and it turns out that they are the prisoners of sky pirate who uh, faces them with an ancient pistol, and they're not worried about that, but it turns out it's a gas gun. Oh no. Yeah. Who knew? Who knew? And so he takes them both out, so that's another two heroes down. Um, <coughs> excuse me. Next we cut to Salem, Massachusetts. Um, home of a lonely tower of stone no doors no windows but it is far from empty mm. that's right we have dr fate and inza inside looking at a crystal ball and this is the dr fate when he had um f- forgone the hel- helmet of naboo and uh and he had the the sort of the the half mask yeah. so, he, so you could actually see the bottom part of his face and uh and this put him of course not having the helm of naboo on Put him in uh, a slightly depowered state.
1: Because what the the helmet was taking over. It wasn't retcon to be Nabu was taking over too much of his personality
0: or something Ex- like that. Exactly. Yeah, and that 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 was how they explained it. I think at the time it was just it was a slicker looking costume. Although, the most people love Doctor Fate because that that helm, the big helmet, is so cool.
1: Yeah. That's that's pretty much the reason
0: I like him. Yeah, that's what that's what first drew me to the character, and then awesomeness kept me to the character. <laughs> uh, but uh, but yeah, uh, you know. So this was kind of a thing, and uh, and there's uh, I have the um, the archive of of the Doctor Fate stuff, and mm. uh, um, ugh, great stuff. That is some great art. Yeah, yeah, and it, it really is. And then later on. Uh, um you know I loved the uh the the Mattis, uh series that that then um when he finished went moved on to messner lobes and I oh, <laughs> love that stuff love that stuff which is why not a big fan of fate
1: mm. understandable
0: yeah it's mainly just it's purely because I love this character and and he was the the guy who had to take over after they got killed off <sighs> So, so you know, but we are focusing now on a world in which DC was saying we need a, a series about these characters, uh, as opposed to we need you to kill off these characters. Um, mm-hmm. So he fights his arch foe Wotan. Yeah. And um, and uh, and it turns out that um, that when he gets zapped. It's a far different form that topples beside uh, Dr. Fate. It turns out it is the Spectre, and um, and Wotan says that he had lured the Spectre here in the image of his own foe, Kulak, thus you did what perhaps I could not, you defeated each other. Oh, snap. Yeah. So, um, then we uh, go to a, a, an uncharted island. Um, where on the other side of the island the minnow is lost, um, but uh, but it turns out they're unaware. Um, and um, and on the other side is the Harlem Globetrotters. <laughs> exactly. And um, and so this guy's saying, hey, you know, I got to get back to the to the base by tomorrow dawn, and you can't tell when that pressure cooker up there is going to blow, and. Um, and she's, and this this woman is saying to him, precisely why I'm here, Rod, or did you think geologists did all their work at the local library? You go ahead. I've got my own little boat, you know. And he says, you were always the fiery one of the family, Danette. <laughs> oh, he's clever. Uh, and he says, but this, and she says, and that's why you can't budge me now, Ensign Rod Riley, because that's what you would call your brother.
1: Yes, Ensign Rod Riley.
0: Yes, in case you weren't aware of your full name. Um, and she says, thanks for taking your, talking your Navy buddies into dropping you off to visit me. Now, uh, uh, bye now. I'll see you in a few days. Um, and so we cut then to, um, to the USO, uh, where in, in a sprawling city called Gotham? Gotham? Yeah, Gotham. Yes, the lesser-known uh, um, um, uh, lobby group uh, ad, <laughs> but much more delicious. <laughs> Indeed, it's like it's like people with bacon fat mustaches. <laughs> Ooh, got ham. <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh my! Um, yes, so we have um, two illustrious honorary members of the Just- Justice Society, and an equally recognizable boy wonder. That's right mm. Superman Batman and Robin it's the world's finest uh, uh celebration I think <laughs> um, and um so they're uh, they're talking to the different soldiers and uh, saying how it was really great for them to come in to help open up the club and uh because of course at this point you know Batman and Robin were like like public figures um, yeah. and uh so they're talking to the soldiers and it looks like the Kool-Aid man breaks through the, uh, the Oh wall. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, but no, it turns out it's a, uh, it's a, uh, some kind of plane, uh, built with, according to the hallowed principles of alchemy. Professor of Zodiac is the, uh, Superman says, what's with you fella? You can't just burst in here. Like, and he says, Professor Zodiac can do anything he wants. And, uh, he says that he wants, Superman and Batman surrender or he shall destroy the entire structure and everyone in it and, he, and Superman's like why you arrogant and uh, Batman says we'll handle this Superman mm. and, um, and he, they sprinkle some, some drops at them and uh, Robin says look Batman he's loony he's just sprinkling a few drops of water our way and Batman says careful chum it might be some kind of liquid that explodes on contact to me, they will always speak in the voices of Adam West and Burt Ward. <laughs> yes,
1: yeah. that's how they—that's how they speak in my head too, no matter yeah. what. No but, Christian Bale.
0: No, 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 God, no. Um, And so they get uh, de-aged uh, you know, almost immediately. They turn into ch- into infants. Hmm? Um, mm-hmm. And and I love this. Superman's like, great Scott. They have both turned into infants, too small to even fit their costumes. <laughs> yes, because that's the concern. Yes. <laughs> Why their clothes don't fit at all now um and um but but one of this one of the uh one of the guys says let the navy handle this creep superman we'll show him where to get off and superman tells him to save it for the north atlantic he says that elixir won't work on me uh-oh but he says perhaps my philosopher's stone will that can't be good mm. especially since it's glowing green and, he's, and superman says you mean that fairy tale rock that was supposed to turn anything it touched into gold there it is, folks. A little exposition for you. Um, he says, I'll turn it into powder instead. And he says, Will you, man of steel? And it turns out it had been dusted with some powder made from a green meteorite. I wonder what that could be. Mm. Uh, and somewhere in the nation's capital um they they they're, they're talking to uh, to someone saying since you're my fbi liaison I'd like you to scoot over to the meeting rooms of the justice society and says, I understand sir I'm only a couple of miles from there I can make it in under a minute if I push and uh then we cut to the lincoln memorial and uh, we see uh hawkman hmm. dr midnight and the Adam standing in front of it saying, uh, and he says, quite a sight, eh, Doc, Adam? And uh, Dr. Midnight says, a man would have to be blind not to be impressed, Hawkman. Hmm. Uh, because maybe he is blind? Could that oh. be? Oh, clever. Um, and uh, suddenly they get zapped, with The uh, like a beam comes at them, and, uh, and the blind guy is the one that pushes Adam out of the way. And uh, they see. The monster. Who apparently has some kind of death ray. And so um, so he says, careful, Hawk, whoever he is, he's got some kind of death ray. And he says, I can see him now, and he'll soon be seeing stars.
1: Yeah.
0: He's going to learn what it means to tangle with members of the Justice Society of America. <laughs> and um, in the time it takes him to say that, of course, the guy pounces on him. Um, and he says, "I already know what it's like." But then you are yes, yes, so so expository. Um, <coughs> so Adam uh, goes to catch Hawkman, and um, but he manages. So he's managed to take out Hawkman. Then he managed to take out Doc Midnight, and um, and the Adam lands lands a solid punch, and has the guy. And um, um, and what's it, the uh, uh, Hawkman and Doctor Midnight are recovering. And he says, "Now, Fang, how's it about you tell us who told you to attack us and why you acted like it was a rematch when we don't know you from Karloff?" Yeah, see, yeah, yeah, see. And he says, "Make it snappy. I'm not make it right there. Make it snappy. I'm not a mm. patient guy." And he says, "Yes, I'll talk. It was." And then he changes into somebody else and he says, "It was Degaton. Oh. <laughs> and they said, kind of a wimpy old guy too. But what the heck's a Degaton? Never mind that look. He's glowing, and uh, we're told that Degaton rhymes with Megaton, so <laughs> maybe it's Degaton. Megatron. Uh, I've always said I've always pronounced it Degaton. so, yeah, so this have was I. a big uh, a big revelation to me. Um, and uh, and so and the. I've guy...
1: always heard that his first name rhymes with pear. Oh, Yeah. interesting. I don't know where I. Re- I th- I don't know where I read that. Maybe in the America versus the Justice Society or something like oh, that. Oh, it
0: might be. Might be. Yeah. Um It's been a
1: long time since I've read that.
0: Mhm. It's hard to find the first issue of that. Or one of the issues. I've got one of them and the other one or I think it was four issues, one, wasn't it?
1: Took, I think the fourth one took me like a year to find.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it was uh, I I I've had a challenge completing that series. Um Anyway, so they, they see this and there's a guy, a shadowy figure watching them, um, wearing a trench coat and a hat, of course, and uh, just a couple of, uh, maybe he's a Jawa, um, a tall Jawa.
1: Yeah, or a streaker.
0: Or a streaker. It, it,
1: it's the streak.
0: <laughs> yes.
1: I mean, uh, Johnny Chambers didn't knew, knew of someone who was faster and this, he is the fastest thing on two feet. Ah, there you go. I think that is it.
0: Um, and so he says, uh, he turns, still braced against the chill late autumn winds, uh, to look out across his night-shrouded capital, nerve center of a great nation poised upon the precipice of fortune, and then he is gone, his feet strained, making strangely metallic sounds upon the rough concrete. Hmm. Uh, not long after this, we, uh, we switch back to, uh, to the White House, and, um, and he says, "It seems times run out on us, Harry, old friend. I'd hope to have the powerful Justice Society, with their formidable powers, standing by, forming some sort of all-star squadron, to mm-hmm. help out the present emergency." And uh, Truman says, "Sir, have you thought of how that would show up as an acronym?" Um, mm-hmm. He says, "Are you really certain they'll be needed so soon, Mr. President?" <gasps> it is Roosevelt. He says, "You've read. Uh, you've. He you 'You've readed.'" whoops, there's a typo, you've read the decoded message which we've learned the Japanese will deliver to our Secretary of State tomorrow, Harry. It's complete enough for me to know this means war. Mm. And, um, and, uh, and they, so they show a bit of this, uh, the, the points of this. The Empire of Japan desires peaceful relationships uh, with the United States and blah, blah, blah. Um, and he says, well, we have a democracy and a peaceful people, but we have a good record. God's help will somehow come through this, as we've come through so much before, and we see the uh, the uh, papers getting delivered, and it turns out it's Sunday, December 7th, which it is as we record this, uh, but, the, but in their case, 1941. A date destined to? Something, this. something. Something, something infamy. infamy. And uh, we get the credits. Uh, it was written by Roy Thomas, penciled by Rich Buckler, uh, who gets, you know, he gets forgotten a lot. Yeah, I really like Rich Buckler. Um, yeah, I was always a fan, and um, you know, he did so many issues of like DC Comics Presents and that sort of thing. And uh, and you know what? It, it, were it not for Rich Buckler, uh, it would have been uh, a different road for uh, for George Perez to uh, to show yeah. up. Yeah. And uh, and the uh, the embellisher, a fella named Jeremiah Ordway. What. Wow. That's yes.
1: I didn't realize that.
0: Yeah. So uh so he was the inker on this and uh and John Costanza. Can't stand stands, yeah. Uh <laughs> was the letterer. Uh colors by Carl Gafford and edited by Len Wein. So there we go. So that's uh that's that issue. Matt, why don't you take us through issue one Oh boy of the All Star <laughs> Squadron and I'll uh now yeah, well, it
1: uh starts out with uh, the cover with a whole bunch of people uh, a this whole bunch
0: co- of pictures on a table and this was a cover that we would see recreated later on when uh, in the Meltzer Justice League
1: oh yeah right, that's right
0: because remember they had them standing over the uh the, the photos and it was it was definitely an homage to uh to this cover so you've got doc midnight hawkman and the atom Looking at all these different characters, and mo- mo- you know, many of them we recognize, but there's a whole lot of others that, hmm. that certainly for me, as a, as a kid picking this up at a, at age eleven, uh, Robot Man looking like Hulk Hogan in that picture. Yeah, he does, doesn't he? <laughs> and uh, you know, Johnny Thunder, Vigilante, Spectre, Tarantula, sort of obscured by everything else there. Yeah, uh, Captain Triumph. <laughs> wow, neat. Uh,
1: the issue, issue starts uh, come with us now to earth 2 and the awesome origin of the all-star squadron dun, 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 dun. yes fabulous first issue september uh, september of 1981 and uh, this is a lot of pages for 50 cents
0: yeah yeah it definitely was and i um, think i think we were just getting into the 50 cent comics at this point
1: yeah, I believe so. And what I find also interesting is that they they bill it as the an all new uh, Roy Thomas Rich Buckler sensation on the cover. I mean, obviously, I wasn't around at the time, but I other than Kirby, did they ever really talk about the creators on the on the cover of the book? Uh, what the 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 creators of the original characters? Well, no, it's a, the uh, like this. This issue has awesome art by. Let's yeah, say,
0: that was just kind of starting at that. Okay, point. you know, you got to remember at this point, you know, Levitz was uh, was was had a little bit more power, so he was really pushing for that. We were okay. we were a few year we were just a couple of years away from when we would start see always seeing the writer and and artists. Okay. Li- listed at the top of the cover because that would happen on um on All-Star Squadron and um and, and kind of became the standard uh after after a couple of years but uh, like you know I mean looking at um the cover for issue issue 36 of All-Star mm-hmm. Squadron lists um the the uh Creative team across the top above the logo oh, yeah. as Roy Thomas, uh, Rich Buckler, and Richard Howell. He was,
1: Buckler was on this book for a long time.
0: As it turns out, now I, I think that you know they weren't afraid to uh, to use some fill-ins on, on on this as well. So you would oh, see huh. you would see that often change because they were drawing a lot of characters. You know, you you th- you like you you look at the guys who were drawing the the Legion having a lot of characters. You know, the 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 the, the assemblage we see on the cover um, is pretty indicative of what this series would be, and um, yeah, looking at thirty one, it was Roy Thomas, Rick Hoberg, and uh, and Mike Macklin. Uh, so yeah, it looks like the the. Um, but 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 they were you're right like this was early uh, where they uh, they really hadn't done a lot of listing of creators on 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 the top of books but they were really starting to get into that and that was probably a combination of 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 Levitt's gaining a bit more power at DC as well as as Dick Giordano being the uh, the kind of that heading up the editorial team as mm. well and uh and being both creators them, themselves and and being two guys who really did a lot uh for creator rights
2: hmm
0: yeah that that makes a lot of sense
1: uh this, the issue starts out with the narration on the world we know as earth one the planet's mightiest superheroes have banded together since 1960 as the far famed uh, Justice League of America.
0: So there's 19- there's an interesting thing right there. Is that they're they're talking about the uh so so at this time does that mean that the the Justice League could have been around for twenty years? So since Batman and Superman were nine years old? Wow. Like like it's just an interesting kind of throwaway line that it's like that wasn't official.
1: <laughs> right. You know, right. someone
0: someone missed that.
1: Yeah, I I think you're probably right about
2: that.
1: (laughs) (laughs) But in in 1940, in a parallel dimension we call Earth-2, the precursors of those heroes became the legendary Justice Society of America, even as total war raged in Europe, Asia, and Africa. That was nearly two years ago. Got Hawkman flying through the... These guys say there's something wrong here, something horribly, inexplicably wrong, and it may be that only the Justice Society has a prayer. I'm setting it right again, in time. Dun, dun, dun. Yes. Uh, speaking of time, it's taken me well over an hour to fly from Washington up here to Manhattan. Must have been because the wind was against me. <laughs> Thanks, Hawkman. Really. <laughs> yeah. And uh, he he's flying to an unassuming-looking building, which is the meeting room of the Justice Society. And they they keep talking about getting permanent quarters instead of renting a floor. But why bother when they only get together every a couple months? But he he questions. I wonder who left the window open in December. Must be <laughs> some savage. Yeah, <laughs> there's a bunch they, of savages in this town. <laughs> They eventually do get their own permanent headquarters, which is pretty cool. Yeah. Sticks around for a long, long time. Indeed. It's like, hmm, dark in here, even for the Hawkman. Better turn on the lights before my wings knock over. And then yours, gotcha, coming from the other room. And something from the next room whipping around the corner, latching onto me like a boa constrictor. What you've got, fella, is a swift left to the jaw. And what's the. To... <laughs> Take a peek and figure out who he's knocked out, and oh, it's none other than plastic man <laughs> uh mr e o o'Brien yes <laughs> and uh and, uh are, is my rubberized brain for putting on the long arm of the law, man. So so why did you? If you just wanted to join up, you could have sent a postcard. Actually, I'm here on official business, direct orders of FDR himself. The president, what does he want with the JSA? He didn't say. And we FBI types don't ask. I always forget that he was an FBI agent.
0: Yes, exactly. <laughs> and and they, later that, that would change to a different organization that I can't recall.
1: Right. That that's what I always I I know what you're thinking of and I just can't place it but Yeah, it was
0: like the C B I like the Central Bureau of Investigation. Right, or something, something you know, like something that. goofy like that.
1: Yeah. Just so they they didn't get sued. Exactly. <laughs> uh, it's like funny, a friend of mine offered, promised to keep an eye on this place all weekend. His name is D Dod- Dodds, and this is his penthouse. Kind of a Playboy, but not a bad sort. <laughs> so oh uh, yeah, it looks, it is. Mr. Sandman himself, as Wesley Dodds. That's the real name of one of you JSA boys, right? I have, I have no clue what you're talking about. <laughs> Plastic Man's just like, eh, yeah, whatever. I don't care. But wherever he is, he left all his lights on when he when he went bye-bye. Kind of eccentric, even for a guy who can afford one of these newfangled television sets. <laughs> Hmm, it's not like him to forget things. I've been in Washington seeing the sites with a couple of friends. who shall re- also rename, remain nameless, right? <laughs> Let's wait while well, we see what's on the radio, and uh, the the news is coming out that the, virtually every member of the famous Justice Society has been. Ca- attacked and captured by powerful but i unidentified foes and what and we just basically have uh a flashback of what we what we had
0: the last issue in that 16 page preview yeah
1: yeah it, they condensed it to about two pages
0: yep and
1: uh plastic man says okay now, one of those three must have been your pal, Wesley Dodds, but I won't ask <laughs> which one. My question is, why are you still running around loose? And the answer is, I'm not supposed to be, obviously. A couple of hours ago, Dr. Midnight, the Adam, and I were attacked, too, at the Lincoln Memorial. Ah, the plot thickens. Tell me more. <laughs> I will, if you'll stop being so sarcastic about it. Oh, <laughs> uh, This is where,
2: <laughs>
1: where we also saw that last issue with the monster is defeated and spills the guts about Digetan. And you're holding back on me, Hawkman. What else happened? And you're sharp for an India rubber man. <laughs> uh, sometimes the the references they they they're just not. They they should just stop. Yeah. Just yeah. because you can make them doesn't mean you should. <laughs> Uh, and he tells him about, uh, Degaton. He's like, "Who? Huh? What the heck's a Degaton? And the Pac-Man doesn't know, doesn't know as well. And like, eh, we'll go talk to the president. He'll get all the, uh, he'll get all the members who are left. And they walk out the door to meet, they're, they're going to pick up the, uh, other guys on their way to back to Washington and the and uh, Plastic Man's like mm, it's a nice place gotta ask J-, J. Edgar for a raise <laughs> uh, and they're flying out across the city and their the narration remarks that they're called mystery men because superheroes that's not quite quite a phrase yet yeah And the the, um, plastic man has fashioned himself into a fin to help Hawkman (laughs) catch the air. Because all the wind was against him, we remember. Uh, Oh,
0: that's right. That's right. uh. So you you must
1: really impress the ladies with all this aerial barnstorming, huh? Says the man that can twist himself into any shape he can think of. Hey, (laughs) yo. Hey, and uh, one woman, one woman's enough for me. The, but uh, she's off on a field trip right now, and that's all I'm going to tell you about her. <laughs> uh, but I think they, this I forgot that it was like this. system going. Yeah, I'm not going to tell you about any of that you ever think it might be good defense for good for the defense effort if the JSAs were all registered? Eee. You know, like for the draft. Maybe so, but as long as we're not officially at war, uh oh. Now what? More G-Men shooting at us? Way up here. Don't you believe it? Got to turn the page. And coming through are they? they they look like birds. And Hawkman's like, hmm, looks like I made a mistake in not picking up a spare mace at, at, at headquarters. Huh. You can be okay on your own, Rubberman? He's like, oh yeah, sure. I, I, I get tackled by midair guys dressed like human insects every day. Of course, I don't suppose they run into Plastic Man all the time either. <laughs> Hawkman's thinking, yeah, he's, he's really something, but he doesn't know if he'll bounce or just go splat. Go catch him. Their leader must be the long-haired character with a strange-looking gun. But I wonder who. Get him, you fools. Get the Hawkman. He's getting away. And, oh, that's just what I wanted you to think. He, I don't know how you can fly, since you sure don't have belts made of the ninth metal. Yes, like
0: ninth metal, not nth yep. metal, yeah.
1: Still, what goes up has a way of going down again. And just as you're about to find out this fine Sunday morning... They're they're really hammering it in that it's what day it is. Yes. Just in case you didn't notice the previous three times. Exactly. (laughs) Ah, these insect men have reflexes roughly as fast as a snail's knee jerk. (laughs) What's more, their eyes are glazed over, look almost as if they were hypnotized. Oh no! And now they're fading away, just like that monster did. So, hmm, wonder what's going on. And uh. And uh, Plastic Man it is has rebounded, and it, they're figuring out what's going on. And My hornets are pulling a vanishing act too. It must happen when you KO them. It'll be—I'll see it to our beekeeper friend stays awake. King Bee to you, you arrogant beak brain. <laughs> Ay. One of one of those forgotten villains. Yes. Nasty little creep, aren't you? But you're still no lucky Lindy in the flying department. Yee. So you're going to answer a few questions for the FBI and the Society. Ah, keep away from me. You can't defeat me again. Not this time. I won't let you. I I what do you mean again? I never saw you before in my life. And then there's a boom. And uh Hawkman sees that the, the mysterious can be literally go away and he's fo- falling and now it's uh, Plastic Man's chance to catch him and turns into a giant parachute because that's what Plastic Man does. They hit the ground, it's still pretty hard. Crack. But, well, in a certain room in the White House 200 miles away, uh, four blocks to the west and three blocks to the north. Uh, <laughs> sorry, Mister Hopkins. Still no word from the Justice Society, and now even Plastic Man's disappeared. I've got, I've got orders to wake the president. The instant we contact the JSA, keep trying, boys. Well, Sunday, December seventh, nineteen forty-one is liable to go down as the most tragic day in America's history. Eh, whatever you say, sir. Good old Harry, always exaggerating. Oh, uh, man. Yeah. Uh, uh, I mean, uh, even as destiny casts a long and somber shadow over a war-posed world, a, a gleaming figure sweeps across the skies some miles north of the night-shrouded Hawaiian islands. Seated upon the back of a creek. Of a creature seemingly torn from the pages of some far-flung fantasy, ah, winged victory, my most valiant steed! How my heart does rejoice to see you freed from the restraints which hid your wings, so that you may soar once again. Verily, this century seems not made for the likes of us twain. Wow, the <laughs> uh, shining yeah. knight sure likes his flowery. Space.
0: Yes, he does indeed.
1: Uh, it's like eh, I think that. It sometimes would be best if we'd lived out our our time, lived out in our natural time, instead of being cast adrift in a prison of ice.
0: Eh,
1: it's been done. Someone else has been frozen in ice for a while.
0: Yeah, yeah. He's an unfrozen caveman lawyer. Yeah.
1: Uh,
0: your, your, your ways are confusing to me.
1: <laughs> your, your ways are confusing to me. I'm just a simple caveman lawyer.
0: Uh, uh, yes,
1: instead of being cast adrift as we were in a prison of ice within which we slumbered for a thousand years ah, and half as long and half as long again still we have found friends in this troubled time have we not the masked ones who form with us the laws legionnaires as we met in the previous story uh-huh. all the same by, by my halidom a volcano <laughs> small Smolders on yonder aisle, where none should be. Oh, no. So they they go to investigate. And but that's basically what it says with a, a, a whole lot of extra words. Okay. And he, his most passing strange. It seems deserted. No one will answer my hail. Perchance if I... They probably just don't understand what he's talking about. Yeah. Uh-oh, someone's pointing a gun at him. And what in the name of Merlin's magic? Alas, brandishing a firearm. And uh, now, who who are you? And don't you say Douglas Fairbanks? Ay. aye. aye, aye.
0: <laughs> because it's the 40s, you see. And...
1: Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. of course, because everyone knows who Douglas Fairbanks is, I suppose. Uh, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> sure, I've heard of you. Who hasn't since you popped a few months back? My uh, thanks for lowering your weapon, even though my armor is impenetrable. Your name fair damsel, a real chimer, I mean I'm Danette Riley, a geologist. Or a volcanologist, if you want to. Uh-oh, there it goes again. Or oh, this is... Uh, hmm. This can only end well, right? And here she explains that her, her brother brought it here. And he's an ensign in the Navy, so he had to get back to Pearl Harbor. Mm. Mm. So why do you study this volcano when it bids fair to erupt at any moment? It's like, duh. That's that's why I went to this island only sh- showed up a few days ago, and no one has ever there's a, another tremor and so he's like eh, we got to get out of here and he's like no there's something funny about this volcano and I'm not leaving until I find out what it is and so uh shining knight responds by hitting a rock with a sword because that's what you do mm-hmm. smite the side of a volcano thwack and then carves out a cavern with a single blow Nay, fair one. (coughs) Though my sword be invincible, it has no such power. Your cavern was already there. I did but reveal it to your eyes. And uh, the the, the cavern appears to be a man-made as they walk in. And they run into none other but Solomon Grundy. How dare you call Solomon Grundy a monster? An ogre? That's... Those are some pretty big words for Solomon
0: Grown. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. He hates Super Friends.
1: Yeah, Solomon grown hates... I'm telling hates you,
0: these, uh, this uh, Danette Riley and Sir Justin, there's something going on there. <laughs> uh, she is, she must- is, of course, named for... Uh, she is actually one of the first retcons of the series. Yep. Um, and... Uh, after
1: her, D- Dan Roy, Thomas. Yeah,
0: Roy, Roy Thomas' wife. And... Um, yeah so so a new character here
1: see and so that's another, i i was I was never aware that she had been a new character in the series until later down yeah later
0: yeah down. exactly well to his credit you know Thomas managed to make the to integrate these characters really well yeah. so even though he was creating some new characters they felt lived in like they felt like they just kind of fit with all the rest and uh, he did a really good job of that.
2: Mm.
1: Yeah, so good good job, Roy. <laughs> Roy the boy. Or is that copyrighted?
0: <laughs> Rascally uh, Roy Thomas.
1: Yes, Rascally Roy. Uh, Shining Knight is just doing his best to beat up Solomon Grundy, but he's not really having an effect on him. Ha, you are lucky. Or... You're lucky you wear a helmet, puny one, or my own fist would have crushed your thin skull. And, well, yards away, not so fast, missy. My gun melted into liquid. He flung it on because it's none other than Mr. Alchemy, or what was his name? Uh, Dr. Zodiac. Dr. Zodiac, Dr. Zodiac, with his interesting cape. Yes, yes. Uh, Dr. Alchemy comes in later on, doesn't he?
0: yeah so i mean they're they're taking a lot of a lot of uh characters that were known to the uh um the justice society of course later on so we are we saw for example king b who uh would turn up in all star comics issue eighteen in august of forty three and um the monster uh showed up in all star comics twenty in spring of nineteen forty four and um and uh, Degaton um showed up in 1947 in all Star yeah, Comics really 35. Late. Yeah, so so that's the thing to remember is that, that of course, the the timing of this stuff. So, sorry, Professor Zodiac, who uh was also known as the Alchemist, um,
1: oh, that's how I that's where I was, c-
0: c- yeah, so uh, and his name was Zobar Zodiac, who um. <sighs> uh was uh, he he showed up in All-Star Comics 42 in wow. in August of 1948 so uh so yeah a lot of these characters really kind of coming back from their uh you know and i mean as as we talked about they, we we know the guy who's about to show up here uh um is a time traveling villain and so he's the one who who did all this stuff
2: mm-hmm. yep
1: yep and uh but, yeah they they basically get beat up by 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 Grundy. Yeah. Sad day. But uh, then outside, the winged steed called Victory awaits impatiently for a master who may never return. And inside, sometime later, the shining knight awakens to behold. The it comes face to face with Botan. Uh, Have I perished then, and gone to some loathsome hell, that I do see Satan himself before me? You flatter me, Sir Justin, you truly do. (laughs) You spoke my true name, but how did you... Your name is Sir Justin. Your name, Sir Justin, is well known to me and to those who serve me here. Allow me to introduce to you, first, Professor Zodiac, Alchemist Supreme, and Solomon Grundy, whose true origins would amaze you more than his strength nor must I forget my the swashbuckling sky pirate seated at my left at the left of my own imperial throne, and I I am Degaton, master of worlds and time. Will you forget to give a poor devil his due, Degaton? Uh you like being thought a devil, don't you, Wotan? When in reality you are but a sorcerer, named for the Teutonic Sky God, my powers in their own way are ...far greater than yours, sire. Ooh. Are they, Wotan? I think not. Aye, aye, aye. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Yeah, lots of exposition happening here. Yeah, Some that's... serious monologuing going on.
1: But this is not a time for... Re- this is a time for rejoicing, not for bickering, after all. Though two of our number, King B and the hapless monster, are no longer with us, <laughs> we who remain have proven more than sufficient... But you sound like madmen to my ears. I sound like madmen to me, too. Mm-hmm. Now, free the girl and myself and restore to me my sword, or or what knight? You are held helpless by the shackles and by Wotan's aura bonds. But why are you all ex-agents to hide thus in our man-made cave? Per degaton is an agent of no man or nation but himself. Then what? Well, then what want you, and whence have you come? Want? Why, I want the world, Sir Justin, and have come here to conquer it from the year 1947. No! To the far, far future. <laughs> and uh, elsewhere, uh, we go to check in on uh, Rod Riley. He's Ensign Rod Riley? And Rod Riley, yes, yes, as we've met him, haven't we? <laughs> and he is at uh, Pearl Harbor, and that's basically the the gist, the gist of these next few pages. When they're just talking, and oh, they notice planes in the sky. Some planes, oh, probably just a bunch of flyboys This is taking a. Uh, Sunday morning joyride. No, they're not ours. They're they're Japanese. And it is precisely 8:02 a.m. Hawaiian time as the mm-hmm. wide-eyed young ensign utters those startled words. Exactly the moment when the first Aichi D3A2 dive bomber releases its death-laden cargo of Wheeler Field and turns a Pacific paradise to a raging inferno. Cripes, boss, you're right. That was close. <laughs> uh because this uh, following that seriousness with Cripes, boss, that was close. And, <laughs> and, and oh they they got to go to the they they got to get back to their ship, the Arizona. Dun, dun, dun. Oh
0: man. Uh, yeah, now, now an important sort of thing here is because Rod Riley was, of course, known as Firebrand. And, and during the old quality comics days, he was the guy. Um, yep. He had no real superpowers. He, just, uh, he, he was just, you know, real strong and stuff. Um, so we would, of course, remember him at one point uh, being in the Freedom Fighters series in the 70s. Mm-hmm. Um, he He joined the team sort of late in the series um, and was another refugee from from Earth X and so when they did this so because of course they uh, they he was uh part of the whole quality comics uh, acquisition, which is where all of those characters came from and um, notably drawn by Reed Crandall, who was uh, an, an artist of of some renown back in the day and it, it, in the quality comics days and um his sister was actually a um <laughs> uh <laughs> his sister was actually a retcon, of course as we said named for yeah. named for uh, Dinette uh, uh Thomas and i believe i, I, I um I can't remember if that also had turned out was was her uh, maiden name and that's what inspired him. I can't remember about yeah. that, but but at any rate, the the whole thing was there was actually going to be a female character called Wildfire. And um, that um, uh, conflicted with another series that uh, DC Comics had. And uh, this was a quali- There was a quality comics heroine named Wildfire who was originally going to play a major role, but DC was like, "Ah, we've already got a Wildfire in the Legion." So what they did is they decided instead, "Hey, why don't we make her Firebrand?" And and uh, and so so placing Rod Riley as a sol- as a as a soldier uh, uh, or as a. Um, um, An ensign based out of out of Pearl Harbor was kind of a way to put uh, put Danette into uh, into that spot. So so uh, so yeah, this is where they're playing. You know, again, they're playing kind of fast and loose, but it actually puts someone in the uh, in 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 the conflict.
1: That's really interesting. Yeah.
0: Yeah,
1: but uh, the the plane. Attacks them both as they are running back to the ship in a very north-by-northwest fashion. Yes. And the unexpected aerial attack begun Pearl Harbor precisely 7.55 a.m. goes on for two hours. And all the while a stuck jukebox at the post-canteen plays the same new hit record over and over again. I don't want to set the world on fire. Mm. I just want to start a flame in your heart. It's the the
0: ink spots, I believe. I think you might be right.
1: Pulling, pulling that one from somewhere.
0: Yeah, no kidding. <laughs>
2: but,
1: uh, and meanwhile, back at the uh, nation's capital, the... Sunday afternoon is merely the final day of the pro football season. Seriously, Matt,
0: it was totally the ink spots. Who, <laughs> wow! Yes, so
1: pulled that from. Yeah, who knows where? <laughs> I uh, think this
0: trivia thing is going to go well for you, sir. Yes,
1: yes, yes. <laughs> and uh, the uh, basically at the football game, the Adam is enjoying it with several other. JSA members. <laughs> I see Dr. Midnight, who I wonder how he is. He's watching the game.
0: Well, he's got the goggles. Oh, oh yeah,
1: yes, that's yeah. right. Oh, that's right. He does have the goggles.
0: Yeah.
1: And uh, something's up because the, the general gets called to his office. And so they decide to go investigate and. I, I knew you'd be around, Dr. Midnight, as soon as I spotted you. In here, the stadium owner's got a three-way phone hookup with Hawaii. Dun-dun-dun. And Ed's a top dog in the FBI, Adam. So I figured he'd... Whoa, Chief Hoover? Ed Simmons here. They said it was urgent. I reached out to New York, so just listen to this ad. I've got our main agent in Hawaii on the other end. And, uh, the Japanese... The Japanese—they're bombing the hell out of so right now. Listen, you can hear the explosions from here, and oh, they—they <laughs> they, they decide they're going to scramble into action. And the steel doors—our fastest way out. But even I can't. Ugh, but I can, says the, says the streak. But <laughs>
2: it—it's
1: not really him. It's none other than robot man holy cats i read a police report on you just a couple of weeks ago how you came out of nowhere to catch the murderers of dr robert crane but the report wasn't clear is that kind of steel armor you're wearing or i am a man of metal except for my human brain uh come on don't try feeding us any of that crazy carol Capic stuff
0: there it is uh
1: what he wrote about his what Capic wrote about it in his stage play was fiction, little man. What you see before you is cold, hard fact. And as he can demonstrate, as he uh, busts the door down and they head out, and they are going to go to the White House. And wow, almost in the shadow of the executive mansion, fresh off a plane from Los Angeles. Oh, wait up, Johnny. No can do, Tub. That Johnny guy, I think we, we met him last time.
0: Boy, he can, he seems to be able to move fairly quickly. <laughs>
1: he does. I wonder why. And <laughs> as, as soon as he heard the flash had been captured, right after he fo- f- photographed him, I knew we'd better oof. He runs into uh, Libby Lawrence, eh, the famous radio war correspondent. And... <laughs> Now that we know about me, who are you? You may be dashing, but you're not Cary Grant.
0: Uh (laughs) Because we live in the 40s. Yes, and
1: they do uh, exposition again, stuff we know, and they decide that they're going to pool their resources, and hey, sorry, but I never help a rival, though I guess I can't stop you from tagging along. And boy, if this dame knew she was asking Johnny dame. put the trail behind her, what Ooh. a dame, right? Boy, uh,
0: yada. <laughs> mm, yeah.
1: That's not, however, what the man who is secretly called the so-called King of Speed is thinking. Now, now there's my idea of a reporter and of a woman. Wababoom. Okay. <laughs> <And>, uh, <laughs> Poor kid, from what I hear She's been through hell the past couple of years First, when the Nazis attacked Poland
0: <laughs> Why, well, let, well, let me take a moment to think about uh, her entire history Yes,
1: yes Her father was killed in Warsaw by a falling bomb Later, she had to flee uh, First Holland, then France When both those countries fell to the Germans She was even at Dunkirk And only escaped by swimming the Channel of England
0: In a full a suit men. from the looks of it
1: Right, exactly small wonder the whole free world reads her column and listens to her on the radio
2: mm-hmm. yeah
1: <laughs> of course I'll still scoop her if I can and they then see uh, the Adam and Dr. Midnight but who's that carrying him Eh, don't worry about it and then uh, <laughs> uh that's something Johnny Opel. famous Libby Lawrence just giving up like that huh Johnny, hey, where'd everyone go? And poor
0: Tubbs. Poor Tubbs. Will he ever win?
1: Nope, he will not. And then Johnny recites the speed formula. And uh, meanwhile, in in the bushes, uh, Wibby turns into Liberty Bell. I may not have any fancy powers, just a belt buckle carved from the real Liberty Bell that sometimes gives me an adrenal rush. But at least I... Hold it right there, girly.
0: And it's like, wait a second, don't you already know all this? Why are you thinking that way?
1: <laughs> uh, <laughs> your name, you're not on the list. So unless one of the Justice Society vouches for you, we can't. And she... If that's the credential you want, boys, will the Flash do? And by the way, the ladies with me. The, the Flash, I thought you disappeared. And, uh... Hey, you're Johnny Quick. So they, they pulled the fast one.
0: huh and Get it?
1: Yes. ha ha And, uh, they all... More people meet up, and they go in to meet with the president. And... Uh, where was I? And, uh, the plastic man's checking everyone out, uh, and, uh, nice to know, but Fast Talker here, and I'm definitely not a pair. Uh-oh. Look, you two, I don't want to sound rude, but the rest of us have urgent business. And no, you look, Dr. Midnight, much as I admire you, JSA boys, especially the Flash. <laughs> if the White House needs fancy heroes with fancy powers, I'm as much an American as any of you. Got it? Got it, quick. yeah uh, yai <laughs> Talk about the exposition. <laughs> yeah, yes. And then they all go in to meet with the president. Good afternoon, my friends. Forgive me for not rising to greet you or even smiling. Mr. President, uh, the, uh, I see you of the JSA have been joined by a few other loyal patriots. So why don't we get right to the point? For those of you who don't already know, gentlemen, I've just learned Japanese. have attacked our military bases at Pearl Harbor, Hawaii. What? I think we we were all suspecting something, sir, but what about Guam, Wake Islands, the Philippines and some other islands that I know. Yes. So far as we guess all those bases will be under attack almost momentarily. The let's get cracking, right? We can be there by No, my friends, I've not called you here to send you overseas. At least not yet. Then may we ask why? Surely when you tried to contact us last night, yes. That was my intention, to ask you to rush to the Pacific and stand by to repel such a dastardly assault. But now your country has need of you, all of you, in a far different way. I want you of the Justice Society to mobilize every one of this nation's costumed heroes, men and women, into a single powerful unit. A sort of all-star squadron, so to speak. Mm -hmm. Responsible to no one but myself. If that's what you think best, Mr. President, but I do. You see, you mystery men are one of America's greatest natural resources, which we must husband carefully for the coming struggles with the Nazis. The Nazis? But surely we'll be fighting the Japanese first, won't we, sir? Not according to my sources, Dr. Midnight. I've heard rumors of a secret accord with the the. British. Uh, He says we must uh, achieve victory in Europe first. Either way, sir, but what about the... I'm not exactly a free agent. You plastic man will serve as FBI liaison. Uh, I'm a robot man, Mr. President. May I ask, what about the rest of us? I'm asking you seven to fly without delay to the west coast. We don't believe the Japanese have the naval strength to attack the mainland, but at this point we obviously can't afford to take any chances. We intend to find that for ourselves, sir, and soon. I wish I I wish I could su- suggest how last night's capture of so many JSA members tied in with this sneak attack, but alas. May I use your phone, sir, before we go? And you might guess what a lady <laughs> Even the president is pandering. Dave, yeah. My code name is Liberty Bell, Mr. President, and for reasons far too complex to go into just now, it's to everyone's benefit that I place this call to Philly. Wait, Tom where Rever- the
0: where the Liberty Bell is?
1: Oh, it can't be a coincidence. <laughs> Tom Revere here. Ah, Who's Liberty Bell. Uh, yeah, whatever you say. And he rings the bell at Independence Hall, and. And uh, it has a the ringing of the bell has a reaction with Liberty Bell and she gets fully charged by the sound of the bell ringing of course she does (laughs) and then they all head off to the the west coast and hours later night comes to the city called San Francisco and some miles out to sea so does something else first glimpse it might be an enemy submarine Yet below the moonlit surface is a giant vessel fully the size of a small aircraft carrier. Not too long ago, the Swiftcraft was the hidden heart of an artificial volcano. Oh no! Launch all zeroes! And now plane after watertight plane is hurled from the subsea super ship, which, with the symbol of the rising sun on its wings and sides, you'll not succeed in your devil, devilry violent... On the contrary, my dear Justin, December 7th, 1941, shall be remembered as the hour of Degaton's triumph. This day will live as a day of infamy, not only because of the attack on Pearl Harbor, but because this will be the night the American mainland was attacked likewise by a foe who has already conquered time and means to conquer a planet as well. Dun, dun, dun. Yeah. yeah. Oof, that that was an issue.
0: Yeah, so so as I say, I mean, it. Uh, there's some expository writing going on. But yeah, still, yeah. there's no shortage of stuff happening in that issue. Not at all. You know, I mean, there's, they, they, you know, eventful, certainly. And, uh, you know, we had a whole bunch of, of villain battles. Like Like, the first eight pages would have been a whole issue these days.
1: Right, exactly. Exactly. Yeah.
0: So... <coughs> For anyone excited about the, the history of, of DC Comics, um, this stuff has a lot of it, you yeah. know, and, and, and you really can't go wrong with this series, you know, because uh, certainly anything that you aren't already aware of, don't worry, he'll explain it to you. <laughs> you know you'll, you'll get it all covered but, but, you, but seriously I mean it's a great way to uh, to sort of learn of, of the background of a lot of these characters because it all gets explained and right. you can buy them on Comixology and that's fine and all but I would really recommend and you can get them in the showcase as well and the showcase is awesome mm-hmm. but here's the thing check out the you know if you can find the issues you know grab them up because you can get them cheap
1: Oh yeah, if, and if and you re, pay re, more than a dower. Oh
0: yeah, that's yeah, it's madness. Um, you know, certainly in the in the early nineties, they were going for a, for a, for a decent dime, um, and and you know, late eighties, early nineties. But now you can get them dirt cheap, and it's worth getting because um, in the in the letters page uh there would often be like little uh, text pieces where he would explain sort of uh, a little bit of the history of of some of the characters that they'd used in that issue and um so so it, it is it is honestly it's like an encyclopedia of uh of of cool stuff and um and I got to also recommend uh the All-Star Companions uh from um uh written by Roy Thomas from Tomorrow's uh, well worth, you know, as with anything they do, well worth checking out because there is a complete, um, and and I mean an ex, and it's an ex- absolutely exhaustive resource of oh, yeah. all of the, you know, it's like like I think four volumes, I think fourth is the only one I've got to get. Uh, yeah, I think you're right that it's four volumes. Yeah, and and so and it covers everything from the early issues of All Star Comics right up through, um, through to all of like Infinity Inc, uh, Young All Stars, All Star Squadron, all of that stuff. Uh, so so um, you know, as I say, an exhaustive resource of of all of the stuff that you that you want to know about the about that history and cuz it it's it, you know the the history of this stuff is the history of comics um you know where it all kind of started during during the uh the war and um and you know in a lot of cases a lot of these characters were designed to be inspirations to uh to people living in a in a country uh, that that, w- that was dealing with the realities of war yeah and um and, you know, you, you were dealing with a lot of, like, the propaganda covers, you know, with, uh, like, the famous Captain America cover of him punching Hitler. And uh, and there were a lot of those, you know. He, he was the first to do it, but a lot of other people also punched Hitler. Yeah. Um, and, in fact, like, that whole idea of the Spear of Destiny was to keep the... The heroes out of the uh, the the arena of war because their their feeling was well we don't want to disrespect the soldiers who really did risk their lives out there right and uh, and so to uh, to um, have these guys go in (coughs) and so easily dispatch them um they felt would would be disrespectful to uh, you know later on to the memory of those soldiers but also to just uh, at the time to those soldiers who uh who were were really you know were on the front lines and, yeah. uh, and 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 dealing with all of that and um so i think that's you know i think that's kind of a neat thing to uh, to have done um it, you know to, it was kind of a neat plot device um but, you know, kind of also explained, you know, why was it so easy for uh, um, uh, what would have been so easy for, say, Superman to uh, to 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 fight Hitler instead was, well, let's let's not make it look like it was easy for anyone. And um, so very cool series. When yeah, did you absolutely. when did you first come to uh, come to All-Star Squadron?
1: I, it was one of those series that I had always heard about but I never picked it up yeah I think I picked up the the first issues of it I picked up were probably in the late 90s when I was starting to pick up as many of the crisis crossovers that I could yeah. find when the back issues for them were becoming, more affordable, yes. And that uh, that story around is it issue fifty? Somewhere around there is oh. the, or pr- probably the first issues I then picked up, and then I enjoyed them, and went back and. Read. Issue
0: fifty is one of the crisis crossovers, and it's where they fi- where uh, Superman fights. Mr. Mind's Monster Society.
1: Yeah. Yeah, that's it. I'm, I'm looking at my comic database and oh, I think I I, I think I miss. and that I picked the, those issues up 50 through uh, 56 mm-hmm. and then I think the next issues I picked up were uh, issues 25, eh, 25, 26, and 27, which are, of course, the first appearances of Infinity, Inc.
0: Sorry, which issues?
1: Is it 25 and 26? I think you're right, yeah.
0: Yeah, that makes sense, because um, cause if the crisis was going on around issue 50... Um, and Infinity Inc. was about eleven or twelve issues in by the yeah. time uh <coughs> by the time that, that happened. And actually I have an easy way to find out. Mm-hmm. Reaching up for the uh generation saga volume one. Oh cover. yes. Um because of course when they show up in uh received of in All-Star Squadron um, yeah it, it's uh issue 25 is the is the first appearance so yeah 25 and okay. 26 because they are cuz in that generation saga th- um hardcover those issues are actually uh reprinted okay cool And, of course, you didn't find out until the second issue, the secret, the startling secret of Infinity, Inc. Ooh. I wonder what it is. Indeed. Indeed. I'm going to want to read that again now.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, And then 27, that's the Spectre versus Dr. Fate.
0: Oh, yes. Yes. Yeah. So, I mean, so much great stuff. And and uh, and the neat thing about it was in in playing with that that sort of sandbox of uh, of Earth Two, for a while he was left alone. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Then not so much. Then not so much at yeah.
1: all. Yeah. But at least the 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 crossovers that it was forced into actually seemed to make sense because the there was the. Was it Crisis on Earth? Was it Earth Prime? Yes, that was the crisis. And then the 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 Monster Society in the in the Crisis story was just awesome.
0: Yeah, yeah, and and that was you know when you when you think about it, <clears throat> this was of course something that uh, Roy Thomas was really good at was mm-hmm. you know doing that whole thing of. Um, Hey, uh, you know, I've got a I've got to explain some wacky stuff going on, but but that's what I do. You know, he he was the one who who spent all that time knitting together um stories that 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 didn't that didn't necessarily jibe and he made them work. Right, exactly. Uh, you know, so 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 for him that was just, well, this is what I do. I figure out how to make uh weird continuity stuff come together. And um and you know hey in in, in you know if, if in only a, in only a few years he would really get to uh to put that to the test um but i think he did a pretty admirable job all things considered yeah absolutely and um yeah yeah i'm definitely going to want to read that stuff now <laughs> i've i've, I've <laughs> kept that 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 infinity ink card cover out because it's been a, a little while since i've read it and uh while i vividly remember the uh the early issues of um of infinity inc it's just neat again to uh, to read that j that uh, all-stars those all-star squadron issues because yeah uh, um it was it was a really cool storyline at the time so yeah
1: and how and the first that the this the storyline that we're talking about that goes on what four
0: issues Something like that, um, yeah. So we've got. So, I don't
1: think I have ever actually read the conclusion of that story.
0: Yeah, so we get the um, the next issue, which which uh, announced, you know, that you, you could see the film Superman 2. Um, <laughs> That's was,
1: funny. I've never seen garbage eating garbage.
0: <laughs> um, was a uh, a, a Joe Kubert uh, cover. Oh, nice. Yeah. And uh, he would do a lot of the, the uh, covers on on this series, at least in the first little <laughs> bit of the run, um, including the one that's actually uh, I- issue number seven, which is the one they used as the cover for the showcase. Mm. Um, so, yeah, the Battle for, over San Francisco would be the next issue. Uh, issue three is a Buckler and Giordano cover which uh shows degaton having them fight Grundy um number four uh is the has the actual j s a so you know you get but you get like um them fighting against the all star squadron you know like you do mm-hmm. uh, so you got the specter zapping um the a- zapping al pratt the atom, which you know normally would mean Adam is paced mm-hmm. um Uh, Doctor Fate zapping Johnny Quick. You've got the Thunderbolt fighting uh, um, Hawkman and Green Lantern fighting uh, uh, Doctor Midnight and Wonder Woman punching Liberty Bell. Mm. Superman kicking Robot Man. Um, So I think you know we're still into that story. Uh, We've got um, um, them fighting over uh, over the Statue of Liberty with Firebrand on issue five. Um, uh, you know, again, this is the days when, when covers had a lot of stuff. So, actually, that, that story might have just been that first three issues, um, or okay. probably the four, probably the four. Um, so, yeah, because issue four is when they're fighting the Justice Society and um, – so it is. It is seeing the carnage left in the wake of the attack on Pearl Harbor, and uh, they decide to take the fight directly to the Axis powers. Mm. Then, um, in the next, in then in issue five, the Justice Society disbands. Mm. So. Um, yeah, so lot lots of neat stuff going on. Of course, the headline was the Justice Society disbands uh, in issue seven, uh, which is when they went to stop Baron Blitzkrieg from oh, assassinating yeah. Churchill, which was so cool. Um, and we would of course see uh, Commander Steel show up, and um, God, just just like that, that first dozen issues, just all kinds of crazy stuff you know, so much, so much great, uh, great storytelling in that. And just so much, like, so much happened, you know, and that's the, that's the really neat thing is that it was, th- there was, it, you know, th- it, it, they, they just, there was no shortage of things mm. going on. And, you know, these characters went through a ton. And, uh, you know, I was being glib about, uh, about, uh, um, Danette Riley and Sir Justin of course they would later marry as would right. Libby and Johnny and um, uh, you know there was a, a lot of lot of stuff going on here so very very cool yeah
1: there's some interesting stuff that happens towards the end of this series
0: oh yes well again when he started really having to tap dance and uh, hmm. you know bringing all this stuff together so
1: yeah. well he did work
0: yeah. yeah, good job. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, when you look at it, between Young All Stars and All Star Squadron, you know, that's that, that's well over ninety issues, like so thirty one and the sixty seven. So so yeah, like nearly a hundred issues of of All Star Squadron. Add to that another fifty odd issue, fifty one issues of Infinity Inc.
1: Yeah, and that that was Infinity Inc that was also that was also some of it was
0: written by Dan Thomas wasn't it just they, they co-wrote or? and 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 mm, i don't know i think most most of what they did they both wrote together okay. and by that point she was also co-writing um, young all-stars with him and, yeah. and and had been co-writing all-star squadron toward the end of that run as well um, you know that was and, and and it was great because you know she was a big fan as well And so a lot of that stuff kind of all played together.
1: Yeah, and some of that stuff we're still feeling today. The especially the Sandman stuff. Oh yeah. They came in.
0: Yeah, like like they set up. They set a lot of things in motion that got picked up by writers later, Um, and that that was really out of out of just a a huge respect for the material. Yeah. And. And it was kind of like, yeah, so Roy Thomas, you know, added this in in All-Star Squadron. And so so later we would see that stuff get picked up on uh, by guys like Jeff Johns in uh, in the JSA series, you know, and and that's not to exclude what uh, what what Robinson and um, and Goyer also brought to that series, Mm
2: -hmm.
0: you know, much of which was inspired by things that um, that Thomas was doing in Infinity, in All-Star Squadron and then of course robinson in um you know in the golden age yep first off you know it was a huge love letter to to the stuff that uh, that roy thomas had done
1: absolutely
0: uh, followed by what he you know in in starman he he picked up on a lot of these things that got developed in that series
1: yeah and of course we also get mr
0: bones mr bones yes out of infinity inc and so yeah yeah you know this guy that you saw in issues of uh of manhunter and um uh what is
1: uh
0: chase chase yeah chase and was he in the checkmate series yep Okay. yes he was and uh and 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 you know i think and there is of course a new 52 version of him and i can't remember which series he showed up in there oh i did not know that yet or maybe i'm wrong
1: yeah, he he could be i'm not reading every new 52 book um
0: yeah i i maybe i'm maybe i'm wrong about that but uh, but i know he certainly had shown up in in the last sort of five or six years and um you, you know so and, and and that was that was interesting because <laughs> he's the only character that seemed to have survived that series. <laughs> um, you, you know, so like, like, I mean, well, Adam Smasher from JSA, yeah. you know, like a lot of the Infinity Ink characters made their way into, uh, into JSA. A lot of them just got killed off. Uh, <laughs> but, um, you know, like, uh, so, so yeah, so just looking up um, Mr. Bones. Yeah, so Manhunter he showed up in. Of course, he was a member of Helix. He was a he was a head of the DEO. Um, oh wait, um, yeah no. Uh, after the reality altering altering events of Flashpoint, Mister Bones is shown to be acting as the DEO's director and casts and tasks Agent Cameron Chase with capturing Batwoman. So he did show up after. Uh, oh. Mm. After all that, and uh, okay,
1: I, I'm not reading the new Fifty Two Batwoman.
0: Yeah, so there you go. That's uh, um, but yeah, so so Chase, which again, there's a a cool trade of uh, that collects pretty much the whole Chase series.
1: I believe so. Yeah,
0: and it's it's awesome, and and actually picks up her appearances in, in a number of other books as well, and gav- gathers yep. them into it, and uh, well worth your time Williams to Williams which makes sense for why she would have then shown up in Batwoman. Ah uh, yes, it all comes together <laughs> yeah, so uh anyway, so there we go um and of course right. he had shown up in uh in um revealed uh, so yeah, he was supposed to have died at one point, but then not so much mm. he survived he it of. yeah he he showed up in uh, the next uh uh ver- the next iteration of of Justice society of America where he um met up in a bar with Adam smasher who he would of course known from back in the Infinity Inc. days. Mm. So, anyway, awesome. there we have it. So, let's uh let's wrap thing the this thing up with a uh, a rousing rendition of that 40s standard and uh And that of course is the entire leaked plot line of the Legion of Superheroes Convergence series. Wow. You've yeah. heard it here. We will we will never speak of it again. Yes. And I'm we sure you all got it. that. No, no. So we will never speak of it again, but that's the entire plot and the entire secret of, of what is going to happen with the Legion.
1: You hear it here first, folks.
0: You, yeah, you heard it here first, and it's possibly the only place you'll ever hear it. So, uh, so there you have it. Comments, as always, are welcome at uh, by writing to by emailing to Legion of Substitute Podcasters at gmail.com. You can join in the conversation on our Facebook page, which can be found at Facebook. Legion of Substitute You can find us on the Twitter. We are LOSP Podcast. And in addition to all of these things, you can find us uh, at our website, legionofsubstitutepodcasters.com, and you can leave a comment on this or any episode. And with that, we make our way back into this slightly deficient time bubble, mm-hmm. and hopefully land ourselves back somewhere in the 21st century. And we will see you all next week. Eisenhower.